0: Sustainability Unwrapped, a conversational podcast about responsibility, ethics, inequalities, climate change, and other challenges of our times, where science needs practice to think about our world and how to make our society more sustainable one podcast at a time.
1: Today we are going to talk how private investors can invest in a sustainable way. My name is Hanna Silvola. I'm accounting um, associate professor here at uh, Hanken. And uh, today we will discuss on sustainability investing with my co author Tina Landau. At last year we published a book on sustainable investing in Finnish, and now we are uh, soon going to uh, uh, publish That book in English with the title Sustainable Investing: Feeding the Market with ESG. I have academic background. I have been doing research on sustainability issues, reporting, assurance, ESG investing, etc. Today I will have here my co-author Tina. Tina, could you please tell a bit about your background?
0: Yes, thanks, Han, and thanks for inviting me to this podcast. I have a background as a practitioner in sustainability. I've sort of worked on every side of the table, so to say. By now, I currently I work in the industry as a sustainability manager at an energy renewable energy company. But before, when we were writing the book, I was working for years as a, a responsible person for sustainable investing at a major Finnish pension fund. In addition, I worked in management consulting, in asset management, and also various international projects, also focusing on sustainability topics.
1: Yes, that's very interesting. Uh, it seems that uh, you have a lot of experience uh, from the many side of uh, sustainable investing and sustainability issues. The audience who is now listening and and wondering what is sustainable investing and uh, how does it uh, differ from traditional investing how could you simply define what is sustainable investing that's a really good question so the easiest
0: way is to think that sustainable investing it means that you are considering environmental social and governance topics as part of investment decisions so it's basically it's like investing, but you're just it's just to highlight the fact that before not everybody was considering these kind of topics that are not part of the financial statements always. So so this is this is now uh now becoming mainstream. And also there's many
1: different methods and ways and how to put it into practice. Uh well, if we think about this from private investor perspective, uh is it somehow different than than for institutional investors like we we know that many banks and big institutional investors like pension companies they are very active in sustainable investing and uh, they have a lot of resources experts uh, professionals working with the huge data sets and they have a lot of information to make their decisions but but uh, how is that done with uh, normal people like me and you what what sort of possibilities our audience uh, could have uh, for sustainable investing
0: well nowadays
1: anybody can actually do sustainable investing
0: but as you mentioned there's of course different types of resources and amount of time that private investors are able to use compared with institutional investors Uh, for private investor you can first start thinking like do you want to invest directly for example in shares of companies or do you want to invest in funds so that's of course the first decision and after that there's a lot of resources that you can use online that are more and more becoming publicly available so for example there's these uh, companies called MSCI and Sustainalytics who have published their sustainability ratings for companies so private investors can see basically averages of how how sustainable a company is. That's of course a bit more of art than science, but still really interesting. This kind of a recap of risks and opportunities that the companies have. And also some of the uh, these databases also include a bit of more of qualitative description as well. So uh, private investors can also see what's the strengths of the companies or, or the problems that might be faced with particular companies and yes. when you invest in funds there are similar types of databases also available but then that would be a review
1: of the fund as a whole and all of its investments. Yes that's very interesting So if we today are going to talk about sustainable investing as a phenomenon and uh, then uh, maybe give some tips how how it can be done in practice and then, also about the information sources in more detail so uh, if we come back to the um sustainable investing itself um i have understood that many people have mixed it up with ethical investing um could you tell something about this how ethical investing and sustainable investing are similar or different or should we care about that at all
0: I think that's always good, so that uh, when you have a conversation, you're speaking about the same thing. So an ethical investor is mostly concerned of where they don't want to invest. So there are some some that have like a religious. Uh, ethical background, and for example, there are these so-called sins of stocks, so tobacco or alcohol gambling and etc., which they might want to exclude. And beyond that, they can invest in anything, and also this is based on their values, so they're also willing to compromise on the profits that they're making. And also ethical investing is can also have this kind of environmental ecology background, And but basically it's more of a values values question
1: think that i have also observed like especially younger people are so keen on uh, uh, climate change um, issues that they really do not want to invest that often to the companies which are boosting climate change and that's so important value for them personally that they want to uh, exclude that sort of investments from their portfolio have you noticed the same uh, yes, I think that
0: there's many private investors who want want to invest there. Of course, there's some who are in it to make some more money, and that's I guess goes more to the sustainable investing uh, part of thinking, where you want to both have a sustainable future and to make make profit along the way. But there are, I think, there are some that only it's a values question. They want to invest in these companies that are not harming the climate, and even if that comes at some kind of a cost to them.
1: Yeah, you already mentioned profit, Uh, some people argue that uh, sustainable investing is not a rational choice and uh, you need to make compromises regarding profits Uh, based on the investigations that we made uh, to the book. uh, We found a lot of evidence that actually uh, you can do quite a profitable uh, investing with the sustainable strategy. Uh, have Have you um, noticed the same debate uh, in your work or in uh, during your career?
0: Yeah, I think so because that's actually one of the. Coolest thing I think about our book, the research that you went through about the profit, because before that, I think the whole discussion was about anecdotes. So there were some, like a lot of investors, and I think that's still happening that they sort of make this kind of a. Well, I think, like, when you think about risks, then this kind of accident can happen. That can cost a lot to the shareholders. But that was sort of like when you think about it logically, you understand that if there's a huge, like, safety hazard. Uh, there can be fines that the company has to pay, they might lose their customers. So, like, when you like in this everyday thinking, then of course that, that makes sense. But there was a lot of contradictory research that was going around. And also, the Finnish Sustainable Investment Forum had a working group to address this question. So, this was sort of the hot potato like, is it is there profit in it, or are, are investors leaving money on the table when they are doing sustainable investing? so i think it was really important that we do have this research now and also there's been more and more evidence coming up also this year with the covid situation and the majority of sustainable funds outperforming their more traditional peers
1: yeah that's uh, that's uh, what the records actually show at the moment so uh, if we think about the reasons for sustainable investing Institutional investors like pension companies uh they pretty often do it for risk management purposes but more and more often they are looking for good business potential from the invested companies they want to actually do profits and and uh, good profits what do you think about the motivations of private people are they the same as for institutional investors
0: I think when I've spoken with private be private investors, it's more often it seems to be a value-based thinking that sort of that where do I want to be involved? Like, do I want to have my money and make my profit with a sustainable company or that is according to my values or something that is not so much? So I think private investors, many of them seem to think about impact. But on the other hand, for everyone, it's sort of a like you're saving for your own future, maybe for maybe you want to buy an apartment or have money when you retire or something else or life events. So then, of course, it's it's easier for everyone to make these kind of sustainable investing decisions when you know that it's not like you're you gonna lose all your money when you when you decided to do so. So probably, I think uh, I would think that both both aspects matter.
1: Yeah, actually you pointed out a very relevant issue in my mind, I think that's the time orientation and in sustainable investing we pretty much uh, look at the value and risks and uh, profit on the long term and uh, we as a private investors we pretty often have quite a long uh, time orientation in our mind like the a retirement or education for our kids, etc.
0: Yes, exactly. But on the other hand, also like there's pension funds, of course, who have to think of the same considerations. So even though they are reporting their or might be reporting their returns on a quarterly basis, then they still they have this really long responsibilities. So I think overall there's uh, really a lot of institutional investors as well, who need to think about the long-term. So yeah, that's why like, I, I think probably sustainable investing is also becoming more and more relevant.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, uh, we have been talking about uh, sustainable investing um, a bit now, and we have mentioned the terms E, S and G. I guess all these three letters are not that familiar with everyone. Uh, could you please somehow describe and, and explain what are these three fancy letters?
0: Yes, definitely, and that's <laughs> I think that's like ESG. That's something that's uh, really like in the Western world, like what is speaking about sustainable business, or at least was traditionally referred to in the corporate world. So ESG is is the if you remember one term, I guess from this discussion, that's the one. So E is Stats for environmental uh, topics, like energy efficiency, climate impacts, uh, environmental pollution, etc. are included in that one. Uh, Social, so S, that includes human rights, labour standards, impacts on communities and societies, and even like, there can be this kind of, like, privacy, data privacy issues that have been really high on on the discussion. In lately, and then governance that's something that's where ESG and sustainable business concepts usually de- re- uh, differ from one another. Uh, G or gov- governance that's sort of how the companies are uh, acting, have it, like ethical business practices. How it does their board composition looks like? Do they have in- enough independent board members? Compensation related topics so how are these sort of the long-term and short-term incentives and how are they aligned with responsible practices these kind of things are what investors are speaking of when when they are evaluating sustainable investing topics
1: so in brief esg is a term used mainly by the investors and uh, it's uh, somewhat the synonym to Um, sustainability
0: pretty much yes although now of course it's like there's like this alphabet soup that some have been referring to and that's a a justified comment I guess so luckily companies are more and more trying to adapt the same language and using ESG as well
1: yeah that's true so uh we have these three letters in our mind and as a in as investors we should have a look on esg level of the company what do the company report on the environmental impact social impacts and and uh, and the level of, of governance and uh, based on that uh, we should somehow define how sustainable this company is and how it's improving uh, its uh, business operations and uh, reducing, let's say, environmental harms and improving uh, social impacts, etc. So, if this is the way uh, how we actually uh, evaluate or and and analyze uh, ESG level of the company, uh, how this can be done in in practice? So uh when we think about the options how can we invest and what sort of strategies are available for private investors uh how could we start in in the beginning Uh as I mentioned a good way is
0: to look at the sustainability ratings uh so for example if you invest in funds there's the MSCI that I mentioned earlier that also in addition to company They have these kind of fund ratings where you can see sort of what kind of uh, topics are highlighted, like if they're a fund that invests in the most sustainable companies or has some kind of a theme, for example, climate solutions or something related to water efficiency. And also there's another alternative to look at Morningstar, which has the the sustainability ratings. So... So, they have also made this kind of information publicly available. So, you can see how the how sustainable the funds are compared to their peer group. Uh, then, of course, the funds publish quite a lot of information themselves. So, if you're ready to put a bit more time to it, you can go through their own reporting. And they might say if they have some kind of a filter, so some kind of a topic, like or more often environment, but increasingly this can be also uh, social sustainability topics that are considered, and especially if there's some kind of problems that the companies have had, such as violations of international norms, the fund m- managers might start engaging with these companies to have improvement. And also there could be some exclusions. So if you want to invest in fund, and it's really important to you that, for example, there's no tobacco companies, the fund, then you should look at the fund's principles and see if they have such an exclusion in place
1: so uh if we have uh, some uh, persons in the audience who have never invested and that would be the first time uh when they now get motivated that well i it might be quite a good choice to to make some investments and uh if the person would like to invest in sustainable fund how does it happen in practice like uh, you you go to the website of your bank for example and then start searching funds right
0: Yes so there's usually some kind of a there could be a filter for example that has some some of the words like sRI social response headline or esG which we Discuss so that's a good hint that, okay, this focuses on sustainability. Or some banks also have a section that you can select this kind of a fund. So the main decision you have to make is also that do you want to invest in actively managed fund or passive funds? So actively managed fund means that there's a portfolio manager who is also often looking at the sustainability topics, that what kind of risks there are specific to the company making their own decisions.
1: What do you think? Should we then have a look on uh, what's included in the fund? Like, uh, they usually give a list of the biggest uh, companies or ownerships in the fund. So, uh, can we do something for that? Or is that enough if we just have a look on the investment strategy of the fund and have a look on ratings? Can we somehow benefit of uh, having a look on the companies itself, which are included in the fund? Yes, I think so, because when you look
0: at the principles of the fund, then that basically tells you what was the aims of the fund. And then when you look at the investment, you see, so what's the actual, what happened in practice? So is it just like, so sort of the thought and the concrete are the two sides of the coin. And of course, sometimes it can happen the opposite as well, that if you only look at the investments, they are the most sustainable companies in these sectors but it might not have been the purpose of the fund to select. It just happened as a side product. For example, they wanted to have good quality companies, and then those ended up also being the most sustainable ones. So so if you want to look at the investments as such, of course, you can see the largest holdings and see their sustainability ratings. But also, if you have a bit more time, you could Google the companies, maybe look at their sustainability reports. Or, for example, if climate is your... Most uh, theme that where you most interested, you could have a look at uh, another acronym, uh, CDP, which is an organization that is focused on environmental information, and it actually publishes some of the, some reports that are publicly available, where you can actually read also about the company's uh, sustainability and especially on climate plans and. And their performance
1: fund might be the easiest choice uh, for the beginner. And uh, then, uh, once you get a bit more aware of investing, or you have background on on uh, investing a bit, uh, then private investors usually start to invest in individual stocks, and uh, they are looking for the interesting companies. So uh what do you think
0: yeah. uh, what
1: are the important things um in uh, investing in stocks compared to funds So in funds your uh, resources and your uh, money is uh distributed among many companies but the the risk is becoming a bit higher when you select individual companies
0: yes, that's so that's a something that I guess the first one was that you, when as a fund investor, you're quite happy that there's just going to be ratings, somebody else is doing the analysis. But when you're investing actually in stocks, then maybe you want to start understanding that the ratings are actually weighted averages of very different topics. But then, actually, like how do weights... Th- like human rights management, with energy efficiency, with more diversity, and that kind of topics. So you understand that there's a bit more nuances, and actually there's if you just want to avoid risks, it's possible that there could be one risk that can actually be a game changer for the, environmental, for the whole company performance, or on the other side that you might want to invest in some kind of a solution and sustain the opportunity. For example, a company that has some groundbreaking technology that can help mitigate or adapt to climate change impacts.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. So uh it seems that uh once we select individual stock instead of uh fund, uh it seems that we need to invest more time in in uh searching the companies uh to do a bit more work and uh learn things. So, uh, w- would you have any uh, practical tips uh, h- how to learn more?
0: I think a sustainability report is a good starting point, and in our book we have this uh, case study where we have set an example of how what do you look in a sustainability report? And I think one sort of rule of thumb is that you are always seeking that first you have to think of what are the material topics, so topics that can affect. Uh, the profits of the company or perceptions about the company. And for this, there's this organis- another acronym, and this is where you start to understand that there really is a lot of these alphabet combinations, but try to keep them to minimum. So basically, so there's SASB, SASB which is a US-based organization that has defined for each sector what are the most material sustainable topics. And that's a good starting point. So if you're looking, for example, at a clothing company and it uh, makes um, it easier when you are seeing that, okay, these are the topics like, for example, supply chain, sustainability and what, whatnot that you can find there. And then, of course, you can think yourself if there are some other topics that you personally value in addition to those that you'd like to include. And then you start looking at the sustainability report to see what is the company saying about those topics, and do they have like numbers that they're reporting? Are they going to the right direction or the worst direction? Are they explaining their gaps? For example, uh, are they telling like how many audits they have of their suppliers and what who's doing the audits, what kind of findings? It's always worth to remember that if company tells about the process, that's nice. But if you also need some kind of a concrete evidence that they actually found some problems, because there are always some problems, you just need to be able to identify and address them.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you mentioned this sustainability accounting standard board, and and uh, it's a very nice framework to find these uh, material factors of sustainability on each industry. So if I would be interested, let's say, on car manufacturing, then I will have a look on the sustainability report, find out the material ESG factors from there. And I have understood that it would be quite nice to take then some competitor and compare what sort of uh, ESG factors will the other company on that car manufacturing industry uh, actually disclose, Uh, because uh, they basically should disclose somewhat the same information or same uh, uh, ESG factors or measures. But uh, is that the reality?
0: Uh, I think that's sort of the ideal
1: world, but you know
0: if you're realistic, then how many private investors or even institution investors are uh, are always like looking at all of the car manufacturers and comparing them so so that's of course good if you do that. However, companies might be reporting actually a bit on different topics because it's not completely standardized, like when you look at European companies, they're usually using another. Uh, sustainability reporting tradition, where the companies themselves are actually defining what is material for that company. So that's why they might end up in some different conclusions. But actually I would use the sustainability rating information to compare also to have some kind of idea of how the companies compare with one another. And especially in the case of car companies and others that have some kind of a climate impact, I would also look at them uh cdp that's for the climate ana- analysis but also there's some some other research for example the transition pathway initiative seems quite interesting for some sectors to look at their climate uh, climate um, impacts and how they are managing them
1: yeah so it seems that uh, uh if you really want to investigate and analyze EG factors of each uh, companies that you are interested it would actually require quite a lot of time and resources and knowledge. So it might be easier to trust on, at least to some extent, these third-party ESG ratings.
0: Yes, exactly. And that's actually how institution investors do as well. So they use the ratings and the background reports as a starting point, and then they do their own analysis. So that's sort of your... The first step that helps with many companies so at least you get some information and then then it depends on the organizations like how many persons you have who are dedicated to that or or especially in Finland there are many many investors who actually have trained their portfolio managers and financial analysts to do the sustainability analysis as part of their normal job as well.
1: Yeah so uh when I come back to funds and compare funds and stocks, uh, it comes to my mind that actually it would be also quite interesting and important to have a look on the sustainability of the fund provider itself, like how responsible business they are doing in their own activities. Um, do do you agree, or what do you think about this?
0: Well, I think that's a okay. Good idea, but just not not sure how, how you can do it in practice. Of course, if there has been some scandals who have come into light, then you might want to take that into consideration. But the actual key, I think, is when you invest in a fund, it's sort of like who does the sustainable investing better than others? Like who has more knowledge and competence? In that, you can look at the persons who work in that fund management company. Do they have some kind of ESG expertise? In their persons, are they using some kind of uh, sustainability analy- analysis, and what do they report themselves about what they do?
1: That's actually great point because uh, it's uh, it must be pretty much about the knowledge of the fund manager, how they are doing things, and what sort of team they have behind the fund, resources and uh, education on this field.
0: Yes. And also of course, what impacts does it have in the final the investment decisions? So, so that's another other like million dollar question. That did it have an uh, like personally when I was evaluating funds, I often asked like examples of sustainability analysis because that's sort of where you get closer to the bottom of things. Because if you ask ask them to share what they have done, that can be of very different qualities. Yes, I can
1: imagine that. So, uh, in addition to these publicly available disclosures given by the funds or companies itself, uh, do you have something else in your mind? How can you learn more about sustainable investing as a phenomenon? So, uh, how to become more familiar with the topic and? are there any any other third-party reports or internet sources uh, from where you can learn more?
0: When I was starting system investing, there wasn't much available. I actually went to my faculty in the university, and there was a research who gave me a bunch of articles. That hey when I uh, that was when I was going to my first interview, and after that, I've learned through trial and error basically. So i I've, I've been asked to read, look into some company. And then I've been <laughs> making some kind of conclusions and then having these really like lively conversations with the portfolio managers of what is useful, what is not. And then, of course, if you when you read like hundreds of these analyses of others and a lot of the reports, you sort of come to some conclusions that what is sort of what the portfolio managers find material in the investment. Uh, decisions and of course I've had a lot of discussions with professionals in other countries and also also in Finland of what they do and what uh, both about like the themes but individual companies as well but that's of course uh, wouldn't be available to everyone but I wanted to make that available that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book with you so to come up with this kind of like uh, uh we already touched a bit upon what are the sustainability ratings and how to use them but that's that's sort of a really long discussion so it's better to have in a having a long book than a short ones short call. but you know, of course there's like a lot of like uh sustainable investors who are publishing blog posts and writing on twitter and there's uh some youtube videos online of some uh, famous Famous lectures, etc. So there's a lot of information out there yeah. that you can start with, and of course PRI, the Principles for Responsible Investing, they have published some guidelines.
1: Yeah, I have the same feeling that nowadays, during the recent, uh, let's say, two, three, four years, we have got quite a many and uh, high-quality uh, resources for sustainable investing, and uh, more is coming all the time. So. I guess it will reflect the interest on on this topic. So yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, definitely I agree.
0: So so nowadays it's more that you have to select the right ones, like what is useful for you, and and that's I guess the only way is to start start reading and yeah, PRI is a good starting point, but for that. And some yeah, investment companies themselves are also publishing interesting reports that can be beneficial to all.
1: Yes, PRI is really doing a very good job, and there is huge amount of information on their website. So, uh, we wrote the book on sustainable investing, and uh, there we and give a lot of examples, share cases, um, and uh, there is uh, pretty much uh, information. On sustainable investing. What's your favorite part in the book? Uh,
0: I must say it's the KLP case with Marshk, the shipping shipping company. Uh, I think Can you tell it. a bit about that? Yes, <laughs> <pretty> <laughs> <summary>. <laughs> I, I do lo- really love the Sturains case as well, but let's speak about that. So it's hard to compare, but, but the KLP one, so basically uh, there's this kind of Ship, when ships go to the end of their lives they are sold to, sold to cash buyers and many of them are disposed in the beaches of South Asia. So basically under a tidal wave they are just going go towards the beach and then when the water goes down then they are left at the beach and then they start mis- dismantling them in poor conditions. And this one of the sustainable investing forerunners, KLP has been engaging with many companies on these topics to improve the conditions in the shipyards and standards, how the ships are being man- and land. this uh, expert, Marta Stura- Sturaker from KLP, she has given an interview and told about this uh, phenomenon and the great work they have done to engage with this uh, marsh, but also, also other companies. And also there's uh, points of view of Marsh and the development, what they have done and about the legislative environment. So, it's just like I see it always visually in my mind, like what what happens there, and and you can actually, as Marte has uh, told told us, you can actually go to the Google Maps and just put the name of the area along in India, and you actually see uh, this kind of a coastline full of these ships there.
1: Yeah, that was uh, quite a shocking for me when uh, when I saw that first time. So it seems that uh Institutional investors and fund managers, they are doing a lot of things to provide better options for sustainable investing for private investors. So what's your last tip for our our audience as private investors? What are the major things to have a look on this investment globe when considering whether to invest in sustainable targets?
0: Uh, That's a good question, so first is don't try to do everything alone, even institutional investors, they're not trying to just figure out if if there's a possibility to use some kind of a shortcut, such as ready-made. somebody else has done reports or ratings, so take advantage of that, but also take it with a grain of salt, so don't take it as the ultimate truth, it might lead you to the right direction, but you can also make your own views when you read a bit more and get more familiar with the topics and so that's one thing and also you can do both sustainable investing in with when you invest in funds or direct shares so just you have to decide what is your what is your preference and then there's always sustainable options available as long as you just spend a bit of time to have a look around
1: Yes, I think that's a great conclusion. So uh, it seems that uh, ESG or sustainability is not a reason why not to invest in profitable way. Uh, thank you, Tina, for coming as a guest to this Hanken podcast on sustainability unwrapped. My name was Hanna Silvola. I had. Uh, A very nice talk with uh, Tina Landau, my co-author in the book Sustainable Investing Beating the Market with ESG. Many thanks, Tina. Many thanks, audience. Have a good luck with your sustainable investments.